The Carter Report presents Mission and Message A new look at the church and its future Is the church an endangered species or is a time of explosive growth just ahead? Now, here's John Carter Glad to see you today and I give you the warmest welcome Listen to this It's very difficult. Some would say it's almost impossible to get someone to see a truth or an idea when his salary depends upon him not seeing it. (laughs) What do you think of that? Almost impossible to get someone to see an idea when his financial income depends upon not seeing it. This, of course, would include people in the oil industry. (laughs) Also, it would include lots of people in the church, especially those who are employed by churches to teach certain ideas. And if their salary depends upon their not seeing an idea, it's very, very hard to get them to see this idea. Now, last week we spoke about the last meeting was on the mission. The mission of the Christian church. What is the mission of the church? Uh, Is it just to um, build institutions and uh, uh, build bigger offices? What's the mission of the church? And today we're going to take that further and we're going to talk about the message because the mission of the church is to teach and to preach the message. So that's the topic today, my friend. Last week was the mission. Today is the message. Not a message, but the message. Now, we're not talking today about fake news or political news or religious news, or reports of current events, trivia news, entertainment news from Hollywood. You can get all of that on television. We're talking about something which is over and beyond uh, that which people think is essential. We're talking about a message that one day will turn this world upside down, a message of startling truth that will decide the fate of millions of people. Almost too hard to believe. This message is bigger than the White House. Most people seem to be obsessed with the White House. Bigger than America. Bigger than Wall Street. Bigger than the Pope. And bigger at any church in the world. One day it will assume global importance. It is above politics and religions. Now, I want to warn you of one thing. Not only is this great message of paramount importance, but it is almost dangerous to teach it. Almost dangerous to teach it. One day people will be killed because they teach this message. Now this message is found in the last book in the Bible 
Revelation chapter 14. And I want you to take your Bible, all of you watching in our Carter Report studio, and come with me to Revelation, the last book, Revelation chapter 14 and verses 6 and 7, dear hearts and gentle people. Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6 and 7. And I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, language, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come, and worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the springs of water. We're going to see that this tremendous message takes place just a little while before the return of Christ. In fact, it is called in the scriptures, try to get this down into the molecules of your minds, it is called uh, the message of the three angels. We just read the first angel's message. Now we're going to notice the second angel's message. Revelation 14 and verse 8. Revelation 14, 8. And another angel followed saying, Babylon is fallen, is fallen, that great city, because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. So you've got one angel, then you have another angel. This angel talks about a system of, of religion that is called Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, the abominations of the earth. And then if you notice verse, please, 9 and 10 of the same chapter, then a third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark on his forehead or on his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, goodness me, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. Now, please look carefully. The Bible says that before the return of Jesus Christ and before the great judgment day, the Bible says there is a tremendous earth-shaking message that goes to the world and it is symbolized by three angels flying in the midst of heaven. That message that is full of truth and pathos and the love of God is also filled with controversy. The devil hates it. It is that message that prepares men and women for the harvest or the end of the world. Notice now Revelation 14, 11, and 12, because this gives us the context. And a text without a context is a pretext. Revelation 14, 11, and 12. And the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever. The strong stuff. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast 
and uh, his image. Whoever receives uh, the mark of his name. Um, it's very strong. Verse 12 says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. This message produces living saints. If you're not a living saint, you're sure not going to be a dead saint. Now, what, what is a saint or who is a saint? A mummified being that is somehow made into a saint by an ecclesiastical leader. No, a saint is a normal human being who keeps the commandments of God and has the faith of Jesus. And so here is a tremendous worldwide message that shakes up the world. It is seen flying in the midst of heaven because that is symbolic of a worldwide shattering proclamation. It is the message, the context. Now we come to the context. Revelation 14, uh, verse 14 to 16. Here is the context. Then I looked and behold a white cloud, and on the cloud one sat like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, in his hand uh, a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, Thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Listen to me. The Bible teaches, you can see it over here, in this great video wall. There is a great message that goes to the world. It is a message that talks about the gospel, Babylon, the beast, the image of the beast, the mark of the beast, and it calls men and women to keep the commandments of God. And it produces people that the Bible calls saints. But a saint is a normal, ordinary person like you and me, who loves Christ and keeps the commandments. And the Bible says that this tremendous message is given to prepare men and women for the final day of judgment. So the Bible teaches there is a judgment day. This may seem terribly quaint for some people, but the Bible teaches there is a day of judgment. And because there is a day of judgment, there is also, or there are also some other truths. Number one, God made us. And because God made me in his own image, I am accountable to God. And one day, I'm going to meet God. I met people say, when I die, that's the end of me. I go six feet under and it's all over. <laughs> no, 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 it's not. It's all just starting. The Bible says that there is a day of judgment because I'm accountable to God because God made me. 
in his own image. Therefore, we are accountable to him. We are not sons of the slime. I'm not the bizarre product of time plus matter plus chance. Don't believe that nonsense. I don't believe that nonsense. I believe it's the most unscientific idea that has ever come upon people around the world and especially in the universities, that we are simply the bizarre accident. Uh, we're cosmic accidents. No, I believe there's evidence that proves that we were made by God, by a great intelligent designer. Therefore, we are accountable to him and our choices and our lifestyles do make a difference. And this makes me and it makes you different to the communists, different to the secularists, the humanists, the atheists and the agnostics. This overwhelming truth that I was made in the image of God and because I was made by God, one day I will meet God. I will stand before God. I can fool lots of people, so can you. We can all fool lots of people. We can fool our spouses. We can fool our bosses. We can fool the government. We can fool the tax people. But we can't fool the creator who made us, who knows everything there is to know about us. Mm. <laughs> and every one of us one day will stand in the judgment. Now, these three angels flying in the midst of heaven that are seen prior to the judgment day, these three angels must not be taken literally. The book of Revelation is a book of symbols. And the three angels represent a great supernatural spiritual awakening that happens around the world in the last days. The three angels represent a great spiritual movement of destiny that prepares the world for the harvest or the judgment day or the second coming of Christ. Um, that, of course, follow up from last week, that is the mission of the church. The church can do lots of wonderful, wonderful things. And those things are important. But the great mission of the church is the preaching of the message of God that prepares men and women for the coming of Christ and the judgment day. I want you to think about that. Because some people would say that the Christian church, not even in a subtle way, but in a very blatant way, has been uh, sidetracked from the mission. The church does lots and lots of good things that are largely irrelevant. But the mission of the church is the proclamation of God's message to the world so that men 
and women like you and me can be prepared for the judgment day. I want you to notice Revelation 14 verse 6 again. Notice it in the Bible. See, this is the word of God. Uh, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. If you go to a church and you're not hearing this, then you're going to the wrong church. This is the word of God, and it is through the word of God that we are prepared for the judgment day. Revelation 14 and verse 6 says, Then I saw another angel. Word angelos means messenger. Flying in the midst of heaven, a worldwide proclamation. Huge, big, tremendous. Having the everlasting gospel. I like these next two words, to preach to preach, to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Now, we talked about this a little bit last week. The Bible tells us God has put a lot of gifts in the church. We know this. But the Bible tells us that the most important gift that you can have, whether you are employed by the church or whether you're not employed by the church. The most important gift you can have is to be a communicator of the goodness and the grace of God. And that is called preaching. Now, would you come over here to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 28? Now, we talked about this last week. We talked about this at length. In fact, this was almost the theme of the talk last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And verse 28, this is the most misunderstood, the most ignored passage in the whole of the Bible as far as most churches are concerned. Chapter 12, verse 28, and God has appointed these in the church. First, apostles. (laughs) What does it mean? A modern translation is, a missionary, a person on a mission to preach the gospel and to save the lost. First, apostles. Second, prophets. A prophet here is a is an explainer of the word of God. So second, prophets. Third, teachers. After that, after that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, Varieties of tongues. Listen to this. The most important thing that a person can do is to lead people to Christ so that person can be saved in the kingdom. Anything else doesn't really matter a great deal. First, Apostles, why don't, we, why, don't, why don't we talk about this? Why don't we emphasize this? Well, one thing is the devil hates it. And when it says there are three angels flying in the midst of heaven, having this great message to preach, it is talking about a proclamation that goes to the ends of the earth and it goes, wait for this, it goes through human lips. It is a divine anointing upon 
a human instrumentality where the Spirit of God comes upon a person and he is supercharged by God to give a divine utterance which is taught here in this book. Um, do I need to remind you of this? That Jesus was a preacher. He went around preaching. John the Baptist was a preacher. He was a firebrand of a preacher. Peter, the big fisherman, was a preacher. None of these people, pardon my saying it, got to say this very softly. None of these people uh, were sitting in offices calling themselves administrators. Now, that's important. Not putting that down. That's important. But there are some things that are important and there are other things that are essential. So Jesus was a preacher. The Bible tells me John was a preacher. John came preaching. Peter was a preacher. John, who wrote the book of Revelation, was a preacher. Martin Luther, Paul, Paul, the greatest preacher since our Lord. Martin Luther was a preacher. That's why they caused so much trouble and did so much good. Martin Luther, John Wesley, 42,000 sermons in a lifetime, 360,000 miles on the back of a horse. Where are the men today? No Mamby Pamby. John Wesley, Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers, they say. Billy Graham in our own day and age and some people whom I know will say, why would you ever talk, why would you ever talk about this man? I believe that since his great preaching has been silenced, mainly through old age, America has lost her moral bearings. They call him the conscience of America. We would not be discussing certain issues today if the preaching of the word of God was sounding out in vast campaigns across America. America was like a light shining in a, in a dark place through preaching. HMS Richards, who was a member of my church, the Dean of Adventist Preachers, he refers in his book, Feed My Sheep to the Time in the Dark Ages, when they said, in so many words, up with candles, down with preaching. Lots of ceremonies, lots of religious gunk. Lots of candles, lots of platitudes, uh, lots of talking, lots of vestments, lots of robes. So that men got dressed up like ladies. <laughs> True. HMS Richard says in his book, up with candles, down with preaching. 
Now, you're going to see it, my friend. Whether you participate in it or not is another matter. But before the end of this world, the greatest preachers are going to arise and they're going to sound forth a message to save the lost for Christ. You see, if you are not in Christ, the Bible says that you are lost. And a message goes forth in the last days to save the lost for Christ. Now, the first part of that message, the Bible says it's the everlasting gospel. There's nothing new about the gospel. Some people have folks in the Old Testament being saved in a certain way and folks in the New Testament being saved in a certain way. Other folks have people just in the last days being saved in a certain way. It's not true. It goes against the word of God. It's everlasting. There's only one gospel. The only way whereby people can be saved is by the sheer mercy and the grace of God demonstrated through the life and the death of Jesus Christ. So it's the everlasting gospel. And I'm going to talk after this little break. I'll be back. We'll all be back. We're going to have a pause in a moment. But then I'm going to talk about the message of the gospel. Let me tell you this. You don't just discover the gospel by reading about it. It is a divine revelation that will hit you like a bolt of lightning. And I hope that happens to you today. We'll be back after this break. We're talking about the message. In this series, John Carter will provide the answers to life's most interesting questions. Seven great signs of the apocalypse. If the dead are unconscious, who are the beings that pretend to be the dead? Is there such a person as the devil? What is the essence of Antichrist? What is the root cause of this deadly malaise? America was founded by people who were opposed to the union of church and state. But if there's a God who loves us, then the future is bright with promise. For a gift of $100 US or 140 Australian, this 13 DVD series, Prophecy Speaks, will be yours. Call the number or visit our website. Do you sometimes get lost in the crowd? Do you feel there's just no love in the room? Like everybody's against you? You're all alone with no one to lean on. Do you need a word of encouragement? Do you know God? Have you tried prayer? Pastor Carter would like to pray for you now. Let us pray. Call 1-800-526-9777. Nothing to buy, the call is free. Call 1-800-526-9777.
1.3 billion people live in India. 200 million of these are Dalits, formerly called untouchables. 100% of your gift will go to fund projects for Dalit girls as an alternative. Your gift of $600 will educate, clothe, and feed one Dalit girl between 5 and 15 years of age for one full year. Go to carterreport.org or to the address on the screen. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.